time for Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. Chris L. Dillon and Shane K. Witty. Well, hello, you lucky, lucky listeners. Are you meddling kids? Meddling kids. And your dog, too. <laughs> week 10, <laughs> week 10 of Spooky. The Spooky Podcast. Wow. 10 episodes. And then now we're on week three of Spooky Toberween. Yeah, I'm just going to let you say that word. <laughs> That's fine. I'm used to it. It just rolls off my tongue now. I know. Spooky Toberween. I have a feeling that you like practice it in the mirror. No, man, it just comes naturally. <laughs> just came naturally. It's, I was born for this. Like, <laughs> and I no, only have to say I only have to say it for a month out of the year. No, Shane, I'm just that good, and you right. suck. <laughs> so there you go. No, it's my word. I made it up. So well, that that probably helps. Yeah, in the pronunciation, it, it really helps, honestly. Because <laughs> you know me, I like making up mm. words. I, like, I made up a word for you I last night. Wor- oh, that's right. That, the word I, I made up for you was uh, scarcasm, <laughs> which the definition is sarcasm that cuts so deep it leaves emotional scars. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I've never been on the business end of it myself, but I've seen it happen. Okay. <laughs> you like it. In, you know. the de- in the definition, can it be all C... Shane Witty, Shane K. Witty. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that? Okay, all right, sweet. Yeah. All right, I'm good with it. Can I get one of those really cool, like, Wall Street Journal, like, pencil drawings that Uh, they always put on the front page? I mean, I guess, sure. Uh, I I mean, if we find someone who can do that. Oh, speaking Um, of drawings, we can totally go to, like, Chuck E. Cheese and go into one of those pencil drawing booths. Right, right. Or, you know, the mall and go into a pencil drawing. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Just like a caricature kind of thing. Um, of you just emotionally eviscerating no, you someone. Just, you just <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I, you know, I'm, not say, I'm not saying that you're... It's, it's, not, it's not that bad, but you're very quick with the sarcasm. That's, what I, that's all I'm really trying to say. Do you know how hard it is to live up to the name Witty... I can now. Granted, I my name only means tall white dude, right. but when you pronounce it, everyone's thinking witty, sarcastic. Sure. You know, you I know. mean, I I think I can. I think I can sort of relate, just in the by uh, by virtue of the fact that when people find out that essentially my job is as, as a comedian of sorts, I don't really do stand up that much, but my job is to be funny, and then people hear that and they find that out and they go. Say something funny. Tell me a joke. <laughs> like, it doesn't fucking work that way. <laughs> I don't know. Immediate deer in the headlight situation? All. Yeah, I'm not like... Dude, I'm natural. I just can't just like... Just don't be trying to process me. Yeah, just be cool and hang out. Uh-huh. It'll happen. All right? <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like I'm walking into this place finding out that you work at a barbecue place. And I'm like, maybe some ribs. Immediately. <laughs> Right now, so man, motherfucker, I don't have a, I don't have a grill on me. I ain't got any sauce or meats. You know, same kind of thing. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you showed up at nine fifty-seven, we close at ten. <laughs> Could you possibly show up earlier? Right. 
I might be able to, you know, appease your request. That's right. But as it is but, right now, I can't make your barbecue with love because it's going to get made with hate. No, I love my new <laughs> word. Good. Because, I made her just you know, for you. <laughs> <laughs> for the people that don't know, right now, I want you to close your eyes. Mm, okay. And I want you to think about Tupac. Mm, yes. Thug life. Thug life. No shirt. Right. Okay. All right. I have cynic tattooed across my belly yes, in do. the same fashion. Yes, you do. In old school carnival <laughs> lettering. <laughs> because, you know, I'm a bit of a prankster. Mm-hmm. Always loved Loki. Yeah. Reading comics. Growing up, oh man, you enjoy you enjoy the japes, the gaffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a Sorry, lot I didn't, of times I didn't, to, I didn't mean to turn it into a 1930s Batman comic. That, that's quite all right. <laughs> so you know, I am very prone to putting my foot in my mouth. Mm. So, a few episodes ago, I said, Mary Jane Rottencrotch, during our banter. So, yesterday was the hashtag MeToo. Yeah, it was all over uh, social media. The MeToo campaign, I guess you would call it. And I've always considered myself a feminist. Mm -hmm. I was raised by very strong women. Mm -hmm. But I use the term from the military. Of which and, you are, and, are heavily steeped, or at least uh, were heavily steeped in that culture. No, my knees, my back will attest to that. But the thing is, is I used a term that, and I was just saying it in a dismissive fashion. Okay. A few of our listeners let me know that that was misogynistic, which horrified me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was like, what? What? What I'm going to say is this, is it horrified me because I've never considered myself a misogynist. I've right. always considered myself a feminist. Right. Because... Feminism, in its truest form, is, oh, hey, women are people. What? Yeah, no, it's this totally weird thing. And so, when this was brought to my attention, I'm I'm horrified. Sure, yeah. Because I'm like, no, wait, no, I'm, I'm really a feminist. And so, what I wanted to say was, I am truly sorry. For saying that, as to me, it was just, you know, a dismissive thing. And so, the last few days, I've actually been, like, stewing over it. Mm-hmm. How do I take this information, process it, and make me a better person? Right. I want to say thank you to the women that brought this up to me. Yeah, absolutely. Men still need to be called out when they do it. We learn, and then we 
can teach, you know, the young boys, the young men in our life about certain things. Uh, like certain things that aren't acceptable. Yeah. Well, even not just even not just the, the young men, the young boys in our lives, each other and our ages and people, even people older than us. Mm-hmm. You know, as you, uh, when you uh, messaged me about it, um, you know, I, I actually didn't even remember you saying it. Um, but that I had to sit there and think about it and was like, I don't, you know, I don't even remember him saying it, but there, 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 there is me contributing to it because whenever you said it, it just flew right by me. Exactly. Like I didn't even, and, and, you know, you know, it's, it's not an excuse. It's, it's an explanation. Yeah, absolutely. Know. I have no, no, no excuses here. Absolutely not. Like, um, we here at Spooky, the Spooky Podcast, we're here, we want to, we want to make you laugh. That's our only reason. That's the only reason we're here right now recording this thing. And the last thing we want to do is hurt anybody, offend anybody. And so, yes, exactly. please, thank you for calling us out on our bullshit. Continue to do so um, because we want to not just continue to improve as entertainers, as podcasters, but we also want to improve as people, as men, and to make sure that we don't continue and not not one of those bullshit like men rights associations shut the fuck up you're a man your fucking life is golden in this country yeah yeah, yeah totally especially if you're a white man yeah so yeah um we we want to we want to make sure that we're not continuing to cuz you know in my opinion my personal opinion is that basically every single dude has at some point contributed to this culture that finally, finally, there's a pushback. And I am seeing that a lot of men, at least in my life or within like the people that I know or am acquainted with or whatever, that eyes are starting to get opened to... Um, because it's very easy to fall into that idea of it's like, well, I don't do that stuff. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a rapist. I don't assault people. I don't contribute to this culture. I don't, you know, I'm a good dude. But, it's like, but the thing is, is in, in this brought it into stark reality is that we all do it. We all contribute, contribute to it in one way or another. Yes. Whether, it's whether, whether I'm... it's, it, it doesn't have to be like this outright assault on someone we all kind of we all came up in a certain way we all like this country or even in the world there's been this idea for a very long time that we need to break away from of behavior that we've just sort of learned inherently that it's normal and harmless and it's not no it's not it's just it it's the same thing as that boys don't cry right yeah you're like no you suck it up you be tough yeah you know what man up sack up I've right. spent many a night locked into a bedroom listening to Smith's albums or The Cure huh? and crying my eyes out. Sure. And it is our responsibility is number one is to teach our sons um, that misogyny is not acceptable. Right. And, but at the same time, we have to teach our daughters that misogyny is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Here's the thing is like my my and and this is going to be really hard for me to say, but if my daughter wants to wear a you know band aids and Vaseline and that's it, and walk down the street, she shouldn't be accosted for yeah. it. That's yeah. what she wants to wear. That's what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like if people wonder where a woman's place is, a woman's place is wherever the fuck that woman wants her place to be. Exactly. Exactly. And because that's what we tell our boys, and we need to also tell that no, to our girls. And, no, and it breaks my heart that I'm teaching my daughters and my sons. How to throw a freaking punch. Yeah. And the proper way to throw a punch. And where to throw a punch. Mm-hmm. Or a knee. It breaks my heart that we have to live in a world like that. But, at the same time, that is reality. Right. But Trust only- me, if I could, I'd buy all my kids unicorns and be like, go to school! Yep. And rainbows, great. But, you know, in my household, misogyny will not be tolerated. You know, racism will not be tolerated. Um, you know, judging somebody based on their sexuality or their gender identity will not be tolerated. It just won't be. And you're right. It is the, re- it is the reality of the situation in this world right now. But the thing is, is that we can change it. And that change is, it has to happen from within. So, again, what it boils down to is thank you for calling us out on our bullshit. And please continue to do so. I absolutely agree. You hashtag me too like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Um, be brave. Give a voice. You have backup. Yep, you certainly do. Um, okay, that's... so apologies over. Um, I don't mean to sound that make that sound dismissive. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. No, it's not. But you no, know, it's it, this. Uh, you know, we have we have we have a platform here, however small it is or whatever. But we have a platform, so I, you know, it's, this is good. Like I think it's it's good. We take there's a responsibility in that. No matter if it's five people to listen to us or a hundred or a thousand, it doesn't matter. We 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 do have a little bit of responsibility. So even though this is a comedy podcast and this is not the sort of thing we normally talk about, I think it's good that we kind of get that out there. Um, Because I, I, I want our listeners to feel comfortable listening to our podcast. And if we're, if we at any point make it uncomfortable, we want to know, and we want to make changes. We want to make positive changes because that's the only thing that's really, I mean, down the, the smallest thing to the largest thing, it's all important. The, in those changes, so we can we can all band together and, and and make some positive changes in the world, even in a dinky little comedy spooky podcast. Wait at our super supreme super headquarters. That's right, the world world headquarters. We're, we're world here. Headquarters. We're here in the insulated in the world headquarters, <laughs> and we can't we can't continue. We can't we can't be mentally insulated, even though physically insulated we are. There's a world going on out there. No, I want people to always need to know that, that they can come here and it, it is a, a you know, oh god, I hate saying the fucking word. 
just because of what it's been turned into a safe place. I feel, I want I feel, people, you, I feel you on that. I want people to be able to come in here mm-hmm. from all walks of life and go, hey, these guys are all right. I'd, I'd like to think Chris I'd like totally to think isn't. He's totally not. No, he's not. No, he's absolutely a great guy. <laughs> well, thank but, you. I believe that you're a great guy as well. And um, even though I get words named us- after me, <laughs> it's a g- or inspired by me, I should say. Well, I'm just trying to be clever. That's all it really boils down to. Ah, like, I like to think I'm clever. The clever ones. Mm. No. Mm. We're both shaking our fingers at <laughs> the finger mic right shake. now. <laughs> Wagging the finger. Um, yeah, no, it's just... Uh, I, like, I like to think that we're both decent dudes. And um, I want to do whatever we can to keep it that way. Yeah. And, you know, to pay it forward. to Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, do better by our boys than it was done by us. Do better by our boys and certainly do better towards our girls. So that, like, when they're, like, 16, they're, like, a better man than we are at whatever age. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, seriously. That's actually something that I was thinking about last night is, it's like, uh, on, like, I don't have any daughters. You do. I just, you know, I have a boy, single child, but, you know, I was thinking about it, I was like, if I had a daughter, and she was in, like, teenage years, I absolutely would not want her to associate with 16-year-old me. No, no, I'm totally with you on that. Um, And and I don't want my son to turn out like 16-year-old me. When he's 16, I want him to be better than me in every way, shape, or form. Exactly. And that's what we can do. Um, I had a really uh, long talk. Mm. There were some tears shed Mm. with my daughter. Yeah. I don't like to use names. Okay. Not because I'm worried about being sued, just because I'm worried about people like, oh, why are you bringing my name up in that? <laughs> so. You and you I know. differ on that one. I'll use names. I don't care. <laughs> oh, you exist. You have a name. It's fine. No one's going to so, track you down. <laughs> my daughter and I had a very long talk yesterday. And, um, you know, it was very heartfelt. I didn't cry. You cried. I did. I did. I was all the Even way on the you... other side of town. Not involved. <laughs> Not involved at all. <laughs> so no, but I, I really, I really mm. appreciate that, Shane. And I want to yeah. say that here is that I, I, I do appreciate you coming, coming with that. And when you messaged me last night about it, and we talked about it a bit, and um, you know, and then you mentioned that you wanted to discuss it a little bit here on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, let's get to the podcast. Let's get well. To this, let's, let's get, get to, the, to no. How was your week? That's part of the podcast. Well, that's part of the podcast. Okay, all right, sweet. How was your week? My week. My week is actually pretty. You good. go first this time, big boy. Oh shit! This is new. Wow. I don't know. Let's let's try this on. Um, my week. My week is actually pretty good. Uh, I've got uh, some some things are definitely coming up, Chris. Uh, so I've, I've got some things in the works that uh, potentially could be very big for me. So I'm not going to mention it yet uh, because I don't want to jinx it, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird thing to say in a podcast uh, where there's two skeptics talking about <laughs> superstitions and whatnot and laughing about it. 
but it's just it's kind of one of those talking things. about we're the most we're the most prolific serious supernatural <laughs> investigators <laughs> ever um yeah, so my week, so just kind of stuff that, that jumps out at me, uh, I saw, I, I watched a couple of pretty cool documentaries on Netflix, Okay. Um, that were, were new, uh, one of them was, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of weird because I, I actually really enjoyed it, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, so I was a little disappointed by it, is there's an, on Netflix there's a new, uh, Beatles documentary, uh, called, oh. It's called. Uh, um, Were you wearing like pants while you watched this? I, I was. Well, I was in my. I was in my pajamas. Okay. I was getting ready for bed or whatever. Were was the cinch inside the pants tight or loose? It's the Beatles and it's you. So I do. If you know me at all, I absolutely adore adore the Beatles. Um, I'm not going to say that I was, uh, torqued the whole time. Um, but I, I'm always happy to see a Beatles documentary. But this one builds itself, I think it's called something like, uh, 50 years ago today. Um, you know, based off of, you know, the lyrics mm. from a Beatles song. And it builds itself as the story of the creation of the album, uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Um... And so that got me kind of excited, so I sat down to watch it. And what disappointed me about it is that actually very little of the documentary is actually about the making of that album. It's I was I was expecting is it more uh, stuff about like, the movie. No, it's it's actually sort of more around like the times that were sort of periphery to that, and what what sort of would have what caused it, uh, like the the impetus of them making the album. Because the thing was with the Beatles is that. Um, I mean, even if you're not a fan of the Beatles, you've seen that old footage of when, like, they came to America and they were playing stadiums and there was just thousands of people screaming and, and, and they were mobbed all the time and all that sort of stuff. It was, you know, the Beatlemania. Yeah, no, Beatlemania, my grandma slapped the shit out of my aunt. And my aunt... My Aunt Pam, let me tell you, my Aunt Pam, I'll I'll drop a name right now because I'm, you, yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, oh, oh, they don't share a last name. My Aunt Pam is like the toughest woman on the freaking planet. Like she could yeah. beat me, me right now, no problem. Sure, not at all. <laughs> okay, and, but when the Beatles came on the Ed Sullivan show. You know, mm-hmm. back in the days where, you know, like families would sit together and they'd watch these variety shows. Yeah. My Aunt Pam started screaming. Mm-hmm. My Grandma Witty slapped the shit out of her. <laughs> Call me oh, shit. No. <laughs> and, you know, that was old school. Right. So it was, a, you know, but yeah. Yeah, 60s. No, was totally, bad. totally slapped my... So that just should tell you how tough my grandma was. Yeah, I, and then also, like, how crazy Beatlemania was. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. So the documentary kind of goes into the fact that, you know, the Beatles themselves, they hated Beatlemania. And they didn't they didn't like the fact that they were, you know, mobbed all the time. A big thing with them was, 
when they were playing live shows, they were like, the screaming, the noise, and everything is so loud that we can't even hear ourselves play. And uh, at the, uh, and I had known about this before, but they were discussing about how, uh, I can't remember what song it was, but in one of the, like, the really famous televised, I think they were playing in a stadium somewhere, um, John Lennon actually, he just made up like really lewd uh, versions of the lyrics of one or two of the songs, and he sang that instead because he was like, no one can hear me anyway. So I'm just going to say whatever. That doesn't sound like John Lennon at <laughs> all. What are you talking about? Right. No way. Yeah, so the, 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 that was one of the main things about them creating this album was because they were like, we, don't, we just don't want to do live shows anymore because it's pointless. Uh, so the, the idea was is to make an album that at the time was virtually impossible to replicate live. Mm-hmm. So they could put well, this album out and be like, "Well, we can't tour it because we can't. You're not going. We can't. We can't recreate these songs live." Well, given my age, one of the three movies, like regular movies, we had um, on VHS, yeah, um, was <laughs> the Sergeant Pepper's. <laughs> movie. Yeah, it was what the, it was what the Bee Gees, right? Bee Gees, yeah. Aerosmith. <laughs> Everybody but the Beatles. <laughs> I think Frank Zappa was in yeah, it. I, think you're right. I can't remember, yeah. but I saw him once when I was a kid. Yeah, but I was like, no, oh, no. Aren't in it, so what's the point? Um, it's like I could just, I just picture all the Beatles because they were all alive when <laughs> this movie came out, just slapping their head <laughs> with their fist and just rubbing their eyes all. Oh. God, what did we do? <laughs> what did we do? You did that, Beatles. That's what you did. You went to the Bee Gees and Aerosmith making a movie about one of your most prolific albums. <laughs> and so, you know, the thing is, what made me excited about the documentary is this idea, you know, the way they build it was like, oh, well, this is about the creation of... Sergeant Peppers, and I was going into it like expecting more of like stories about what happened during the recording, techniques they might have used to do, to, and and there just was, really wasn't a whole lot of that in the documentary. I mean, the documentary was entertaining, it was informative, but it wasn't what I had expected to get. Um, because the thing about I don't know, not everybody really knows this, but Sergeant Peppers was literally the first concept album ever made. No one made records like that. Uh, previous to that album coming out. It used to be that it was, you know, music artists were contracted with a label and they were either given songs or they were only given a certain amount of time to write songs. And so they'd go in to the studio. Within six months, a record's released. So you're saying Sgt. Pepper's is like the first prog rock album. No, prog rock is the well, first concept I'm, album. I'm, I'm, yeah, but, you know, that's a big thing similarly, in prog rock. Similarly, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Okay. In, in a way, sure. Um, I'm sure uh, music scholars and, you know, music theorists and all that stuff probably, you know... I'm not a musician. Hit, I have no hit idea. Hit our bottoms for that. But uh, similarly, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing was, is that I think it took them, like, two years to make the record. I want to say it was two years. Uh, I could be a little off on that. But that was just, that was literally unheard of at the time. People were like, what is, are they doing? When's a Beatles album is this at, Is this at the same time they were like doing the Yogi thing and stuff? 
Yeah, it was right around that time. Okay, yeah. all right. And that was that was during during it. Um, you know, and you can hear that on the album, uh, the George Harrison track uh, "Within Without You," mm-hmm. um, because that's very that was very Eastern Indian inspired. He plays with the sitar during it, and all this. That's a that all comes from when he was when they were um, spending a lot of time with. Uh, uh, I can't think of his name, anymore, but you know, it was this. You know, Chris is East totally Indian. being fidgety and animated right now because he's talking about the Beatles. Well, I'm just think, I'm thinking. I'm he's thinking. He's, totally nerding out right now <laughs> totally yeah it was, it was so he's you know spending time with was it the maharishi i think it was what they called him or whatever <laughs> and and the whole thing was is that you know during that time you know uh all of them went all in on that and so they you know went off to the retreat and spent all the time and then slowly one by one i think starting with john lennon they all started realizing that the maharishi was full of shit and like george george harrison was like the last one to come to that yeah um so by the time they, they, I think they were recording, George Harrison was the last one being like, nah, man, it's, all this stuff's real cool. Um, and you can hear that on the record. Uh, so I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I would say check it out. But, you know, if you're looking for, you know, interesting stories from like how George Martin, you know, engineered this particular track, like it's just not going to happen. So um, George Martin is was their producer. Uh, the answer that, the, sorry, sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. I totally had a brain he's, fart. I'm like, what does Game of Thrones I say, I, have to do yeah, with the I say Beatles? George Martin and he's like, his eyebrow cocks. Uh, throughout, throughout their career, uh, George, the guy named George Martin, he's, he's considered, he's one of the people considered the fifth Beatle because he was instrumental in creating that sound, especially when they got into the concept stuff with like Sgt. Pepper's Abbey Road and all that kind of oh, stuff. Okay. He, he was the all one right. that oh, recorded them, mixed it, came up with a lot of shit. Um, so next week we're going to talk about carpentry <laughs> and I'm going to elaborate excessively. Yeah. And I'll just, and I'll sit here and look at you all confused. Um, but I don't, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. So the other documentary I saw, it was both, they're both music related. The other one was, uh, a documentary just put on Netflix called Mr. Dynamite. And it was a story of, uh, James Brown. With another oh. huge influence on me, and that one was fantastic. And it was it was just the story, beginning of his career all the way through. Um, you know, the, the starting off as you know a, a soul like the best soul musician. Watch them now, yeah. And then eventually create like literally creating funk music, and and all that stuff. And they, they talk about. You know the uh, the people in his band, like uh, uh, you know, because he had two bands. You know, over the course of his career, there's like the first guys that were like the soul influenced guys, just like uh, Maceo and all those dudes, mm. and um, and then them getting kind of fed up with him and then taking off, and then he, him hiring like uh, um, it was like Bootsy and his brother and all that stuff. And that's where the mm. funk started really becoming, and it's just a really good documentary, and I'd recommend it. Oh, well, um, sweet. I'm definitely gonna check it out. Yeah, it's you really said good. you said the magic word, Bootsy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, my favorite thing that uh, James Brown ever said was because for the for those of you that don't know, James Brown had a huge band. Yeah, and James Brown talked about John Bonham mm-hmm. from Led Zeppelin. And he's like, we had to hire two drummers mm-hmm. to do half the drum work 
that John Bonham could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and it was funny because in, in the documentary they sort of talk about that, and I, I'm trying to think of the drummer's name, but they interviewed one of them, and, and he was like, ah, and I showed up, and there was other drummers on the stage already, and like, what are we doing? And, you know, but, um, yeah, and, and, and there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there. Like, uh, one of the things I was aware of, but not, like, detail-wise, is, you know, he was, James Brown was really hard on his bands. Like, he he ran them, like, a strict business, you know, and it was like, uh, he would, you know, they, they had to show up, but they like the, the suits and stuff they were wearing, they were like uniforms essentially. Yeah. And they had to show up clean, pressed, all that sort of thing. They, they talked about how he would, he eventually got to a point where he was forcing them to wear them on the tour bus because he was like, you don't know what's going to happen when we park. We might stop at a rest stop somewhere and there's going to be fans that might see us and take pictures and you guys got to be, already in your shit and you know well, ready did, to go. did he apply the same standards to himself yes absolutely oh okay but the thing was is that he was you know it was like they were a, essentially a band for hire he was calling all the shots and uh he would find them if they did you know anything that he didn't like and one of the things they, i i mean i knew about the fines but uh i and i think it was macy office he was talking he's like if you look at a lot of the old footage uh, of them playing sometimes you'll see like you know james brown's up there and he's doing his dance and all that stuff and he'll look over at somebody and you'll see him sort of put put his hands up and put his fingers up at them and like it's just sort of you know obviously you can't see what i'm doing right now but i'm doing it to shane you know just kind of like flashing his hand yeah. at them and he's so was, was that like the fine level all yes every time he did that that meant that he was finding them five dollars oh man so he and he showed he, they played uh, you know uh, some concert footage of them and he's like you, look at him right there see he's looking over at that guy and he's flashing his hand that dude just lost thirty bucks. Well, yeah, and in, in that time that was a <laughs> thirty <laughs> bucks. You're like that's my mortgage payment. But yeah, so you know his whole thing was is that you know he's like I'm the best, and so by virtue of me being the best, you all need mm-hmm. to be the best, and I'm going to make you the best. Mm-hmm. Um, Otherwise, so, I'm going to take your money. Yeah, basically. And and that's actually, I think, why the original band, they ended up leaving because he was just really was not <laughs> fond of paying them. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, um, sounds like Donald Trump not play, paying the people that uh, uh, built his buildings. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, that's a different right, topic. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a fascinating documentary. And if you're into music of any sort, I would, well, say, I would say check it out. No, you've uh, actually softened my views. Going to go back here on the Beatles. Because uh-huh. I was like, fucking Ringo is the luckiest motherfucker ever to live. <laughs> and you're like, no, you need to watch this, 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 this. Right. Well, because, I mean, and, that's, a, that's a common perception about Ringo and that yeah. he's not a very good drummer. But the thing is, is that if you know anything about music, really, and I'm not saying that in a shitty way. I'm, you know, it's just like, yeah. it's it's just not like common information. But Ringo is probably even to this day, probably one of the best drummers that has ever existed. And it, it's said that um, that Ringo can actually keep time better than a metronome. And so, like, he's not, he's, he's never, he was never a flashy drummer. He wasn't, like, full of, like, fills. He and wasn't like Keith stuff. Moon all. Yeah, yeah. He was just, I'm he wasn't flailing my arms right now yeah. <laughs> since you can't see. Yeah. But. but as far as rhythm goes, the guy was a machine. And so, uh, people do. People do use. They can use uh, the timing on Beatles music is 
perfect. And that that kind of created a situation where, um, because most of the Beatles had no formal training on music. Um, John Lennon couldn't read music. He Everything, could, really? No, he, he couldn't read music. And in fact, a uh, little known fact is that the, uh, you know, cause the, the first incarnation of the Beatles, John Lennon started, it was a band called the Quarrymen that he made when he was a teenager. And... Um, and the- didn't they even when they had they incorporate? Didn't they incorporate the name Beatles? Well, because initially into like another like transition band on that. Yeah, well, because initially there were the Quarrymen. Then after uh, uh, Paul McCartney got into the band, they they changed the names to the Silver Beatles. Uh, and then okay. by the time they became sort of a marketable band, they just dropped the silver and just became the Beatles. Um, but but uh, the reason why. The, the main reason why John Lennon brought Paul McCartney into the band in the first place, before they had become best friends and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. was literally just because Paul McCartney knew how to tune a guitar by ear. Oh, wow. And no one else in the band knew how to do that. And that was the extent of Paul McCartney's music theory knowledge. He knew how to tune a guitar, and that was it. None of them knew how to read music. None of them really knew how to write music. It was all coming from their own raw talent, except for Ringo. When he got in the band, he was... The well, best he drummer replaced, ever. He, he replaced the original drummer, right, right? He replaced Pete Best, who was the original drummer. And then they they dropped another, I'm guessing, a rhythm guitar? Uh, well, there was a different... In, in the Quarrymen, quarry there was a... Because uh, there was a, five, right? No. There was never, there was never five. In the there band. was never the, the fifth Beatle? Well, Pete Best is, is another person who's considered the fifth Beatle, and that's just... By virtue of him being the original drummer. But he uh, left, okay. and then re- he was replaced by Ringo. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so, you know, but, like, with with Ringo's ability to keep time such as he did, and the other guys not having any idea of how music is supposed to work, like, one of the, one of the most amazing things about the Beatles is that if you look at uh, the song uh, Good Day Sunshine... Um, a lot of people don't realize that, that that song was a musical revelation. Because in music theory, it's it had always been said, up until that point, it had always been said, if you know anything about time signatures, and I don't mm-hmm. want to get too technical yeah. about it, but it's like 4-4 four, four time, 2-4 time. Yeah, no, I, I, I still yeah. retain a little bit from middle school. Yeah, so a little bit of that. So school. previous to that song coming out, it was common music theory knowledge that you could not change a time signature in the middle of a measure in a song. Okay. And then the Beatles just did it in Good Day Sunshine. Good Day Sunshine goes from 4-4 time to 2-4 time in the middle of a measure. And everyone thought that that was impossible musically until it happened. And so when people asked them about it, they were like, what? I don't, what are you talking about? <laughs> it just sounded good, and that's what we did. Oh, it's like me when I'm, <laughs> when I'm trying to make a point about something. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so that was just sort of their thing. was just like they kept, they kept revolutionizing music and having absolutely no idea that they were doing it. They were just like, this sounded good to me, so we did it. Weren't they part of the, the, weren't they the first that used the wall of sound? Where uh, a record came out. Oh, God, what was his name? Creepy looking dude, big hair. Uh, You're describing like trial. Uh, <laughs> he, no, he was put on trial. Um, oh, Phil Spector. 
Yeah, Phil Spector's Wall of Sound. Weren't they, like, the first ones to use that? Yeah, I don't know if they were the first. I'm not, like, too familiar with that story, but I know that they were instrumental in that. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, uh, you talk about, like, Sergeant Pepper. This is a big thing with, like, George Martin um, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. There's, like, this whole section, this, this crazy sound going on and and it was literally a situation of George Martin taking the literal recording tape and cutting it up into chunks and then throwing it up in the air and then picking it up off the ground and then reassembling it however he picked oh it up. Oh my god, what's the author's name? Um he did Naked Lunch. He did the same thing. Burroughs. Burroughs. Yeah. 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 Writes the whole book then throws everything up in the air and then just like yeah. Smashes it back together and go, here you go, publisher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Suck um, on that. But it's, it's it was stuff like that that, uh, you know, why George Martin was considered another person that was considered the fifth Beatle. Um, oh, okay. Depending, you know. And so, and, and that's what I went into the documentary expecting, stories like that. Uh, but it was really just more about, like, the climate of the times and where the Beatles were, you know, in, like, uh, mentally and all that sort of stuff that led to the creation of the album as opposed to the actual like technical. So it's still really entertaining. It's really good. Um, but it just wasn't what I was expecting. No, that's all. Um, but there's like, I noticed and I haven't gotten through most of them because obviously I'm very interested in music and stuff. And I don't know if they're all new, but I've noticed that there's just a whole bunch of like music documentaries on Netflix that I didn't know were there before, or maybe they just popped up. There was one that I started, but I had to go to sleep, and it was all about uh, Joe Cocker, and um, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing that one, and there's a bunch of different ones. So, Is it because you want to be a, a bad, bad Leroy Brown? <laughs> Baddest man? Who doesn't? No, no, no we all totally want to be bad, bad Leroy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah, so, I mean, that was, I don't know, I probably talked way too long about that. The other thing I was, I'll mention, it's because I think, because you, you told me before the podcast that you better tell this story. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. This is way off from what you're talking about. So, I've, uh, I had, uh, what I like to call a little bit of a hipster education recently. Hipster education. Yeah, yeah. Always good. Yeah. Always I've had, good. Uh, it just, uh, the past couple of weeks, there, I've, I've, I've had a f- quite a few coffee appointments. I've had to go to some local, uh, locally owned coffee shops here in town. I don't normally spend a lot of time in, but I've had a few times I've had to go in. And one of the things I've noticed, and I didn't know what the hell was going on, is that, because I drink my coffee black usually, so mm-hmm. I don't usually, when I get coffee, I don't go to their... The, the creamer and sugar station, usually. Yeah. Um, but I just happened to be standing nearby when, when, a, when my friend was putting his coffee together. And I noticed that on the counter, there was uh, a container with uh, dry fettuccine. Just sort of... <laughs> what? Yeah, just like dry pasta. Okay, okay. Uh, so we're out. talking about the same thing here. Yeah, yeah. The, the, little, the, flat, the little flat, flat pasta. Little... You know, you usually throw some Alfredo on after you yeah. cook it. Yeah, and I'm like, why is there? But like, so, and I'd seen that a couple of times, but you know, I'm like, well, I don't want to look like I'm not with the time, so I'm not going to say anything. But this guy I trusted quite a bit, so I just kind of sidled up to him and was like, what's the fucking deal with the fettuccine that I keep seeing in these coffee shops? What's going on? And, um. Is it, wait, hold on. Is it just regular fettuccine or is it spinach 
fetish. Just regular fetish. Okay. And so what he explained to me was is that there's there's kind of a trend going on right now at coffee shops where uh, they're using the fettuccine as stirrers for the coffee because it's far cheaper to do and more environmentally sound than plastic coffee stirrers. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm following the logic here. Right. So, you know, and, and you and I can attest to this because there was a time in our lives where you and I uh, were co-owners in a bar. And we we also served coffee there. So we, we would go down to the, you know, we'd run out of coffee stirrers. you go down to Walmart, yeah. spend two bucks, get a box of coffee stirrers for the bar. And, um, but what he was saying is he was like, yeah, so you go and you buy the coffee stirrers, you spend two bucks. Or you could just go down on the other side of the, the aisle and get a 50-cent box of fettuccine and then use that as coffee stirrers. And then you can compost... The, well, you know, and, if, it, and if they're actually getting, you know, deliveries and stuff, they can probably get it for even cheaper than 50 right. cents. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's it's a cost-saving thing and then also an environmental thing that was just, that blew my mind. Honestly, <laughs> I, was, I was like, I would have never thought of that. Uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> Still, it seems wacky as shit to me, but I'm impressed. So, <laughs> so there you go. If you're at a coffee stirs, you don't have a spoon for whatever reason, but you got a box of fettuccine in your cabinet, just pull one of them fuckers oh, out and screw it. Man, I can't wait for my macaroni latte. That's going to be so awesome. I'm all cheese, coffee, and pasta mm-hmm. all together. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Who knows? Who knows what's what the future will hold, man? We live in Jetsons. No, times. no, no. Mark this date because I probably said it. Somebody will go do it. Because I just don't have the energy. Right, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. You just watch. You're going to show up at freaking skinny jeans, huge beards, hipsters, coffee shop, and they're going to have a macaroni and cheese mocha latte. (laughs) I believe it. You could tell me that as fact, and I'd absolutely believe it at this point. Who knows this world? But, so yeah, that was pretty much my week. Music documentaries and p- pasta coffee. <laughs> lots of knowledge. Not, lots of new, new knowledge. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, there was some progress oh, in, my, in my brain it's this like week. D-Day right here with all the knowledge you <laughs> dropped. Just dropping bombs all over the place. Here's a knowledge nugget for you. A knowledge nugget for you. Hey, you over there in the back. Knowledge nugget for you. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, how was your week? Uh, My week was very much the roller coaster week. Yeah. Um, Dog got out. Yes. uh, The and this is this is how it happened. Okay. So I get home from work and. I'm not allowed to smoke in the house. Right. Which is fine. That's a fine rule. Yeah. So I'm smoking in the garage. And I open the garage door. Mm-hmm. But it's still early. And I'm trying to let the missus sleep. Right. So I turn on the light in the garage. And I'm using the side entry door as light mm-hmm. to 
find things. Yeah. Because I wanted to make her roasted sweet potatoes for right. breakfast. Yeah. You know, to go along with her breakfast. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, um, let me just sidebar uh, to you guys listening, to all of you dudes listening right now. Uh, you could sit down and take a fucking lesson. This guy is over here roasting sweet potatoes for breakfast for his soon-to-be wife. Holy shit. You're making us all look bad, Shane. Ugh. Sorry. She's pretty fucking badass. She deserves sweet potatoes. Uh, I'm falling so in love a little bit right I go now. inside. I gather up the ingredients, mm-hmm. the pans I need to use. Right. Right. I come back out to the garage with the door wide open, the garage door wide open, mm-hmm. and I start preparing these bad boys, right, while the, while the oven's preheating. Yeah, yeah. So I'm out here, I'm peeling sweet potatoes, I'm cutting sweet potatoes, I'm seasoning sweet potatoes, I'm throwing some extra garnishments in there. Mm-hmm. I'm oiling them up. Yeah. And I go and I put the oven, uh, I put them back in the oven, set the timer, and come back out here. Everything's golden. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, my asshole dog decided to freaking. <laughs> he saw an opportunity and. One of the things about this neighborhood is we have a bunch of rabbits just running around. Yeah. Rabbits and squirrels. Oh, Wild I didn't tell you about the squirrel. No, we've got squirrels now, too. Oh, great. Oh, it's great, right? <laughs> oh, communing with nature. Yeah. But it's setting the dog off that's bred specifically to hunt rabbits and right. squirrels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he was like... Oh, shit. Side door's open. Fucking out of here, dude. It's adventuring time. (laughs) So he bails. Thing is, is we don't... It just dawns on us a couple hours later all. Have you seen the dog? Dog's name's Boomer. Yeah. Boomer the Super Pup. The official Mm -hmm. mascot... Of spooky, the spooky podcast. Exactly. Yeah. And named after the mascot of the Oklahoma Sooners. All right. Okay. Because so it's scornball thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so he's gone, right? We're distraught. Of course. Um, we search the neighborhood as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Can't find him. Anyhow, we talk to people. I'm giving out my phone number to strangers. Right. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of dog lovers in the neighborhood. Yeah. You guys lost a family member, man. Yeah. Oh, no. He's stupid. Sure. But he's our stupid. Yeah. He's the sweetest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. 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 He, he He's not going to pass his SATs. Yeah. No problem. Anyhow. No worries. So, we resign ourselves to the fact that all right, we probably just lost a family member. Right. Yeah, it was a rough time, man. 
next day, the next door neighbor was like, Hey, I was working on my side yard, and I noticed your dog in the backyard of uh, the house next to his, which mm. is vacant. Okay, okay. And, I, you know, you get, like, this super huge, like, swelling of emotion. Be like, oh, please, let it be true. Let it be true. And I go over there and I look over the fence. And sure enough, there's my dumbass. And he's safe. He's not hurt. Yeah. I'm not sure how he ended up in the backyard. I don't care how he ended up in the backyard. But the fact that I scoured the entire neighborhood. I didn't even know that house was vacant. Oh, okay. But, (laughs) you know... (laughs) To find him, and then had brunch plans, because that's what us older people do, so we have brunch. So, we get him home, I make sure he's got water, and make sure he's got food, you know, we gotta leave and, and do this brunch thing, and I am blubbering the entire time. Sure, yeah. And so, you know, there was... That emotional roller coaster, and you know, but otherwise, you know, and after brunch, I was like, Oh, my life's better, everything's gonna be great. I'm like, And I'm off tonight, so that means I get to sleep in bed with my woman. Yeah, sweet. Nope, fell asleep on the couch, <laughs> totally fell asleep on the couch. Right. You, and you, you and Boomer were probably just tuckered, tuckered out a little bit. <laughs> That was actually one of the like uh, you know even I was I was concerned too when you let me know what was going on because you know he's Boomer the super pup he's our mascot man yeah and uh, you know him and I have good times well, you know and so um, that was that was a relief to hear that he was uh, that that you got him back but I was I was actually pretty entertained by the fact because I I had asked you earlier. Like, what was he doing when he in the other yard? Was he just like frolicking about? And you're like, no, he's just, he was like laying in the weeds, all scared. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and I could just picture him just laying there, all I need an adult. I need a, someone. <laughs> someone come help me. So uh, yeah, he's he's a sweet guy. Well, hopefully he learned his lesson. We're like, oh, oh man, if I leave this place, um, I don't get food and water. Yeah, hopefully, but probably not. No, then... <laughs> that's why he's on lockdown. So I too am. Looking, um, um, prospecting. Yeah, there's, there's, the, there's, there's cool things perhaps on the horizon for the both of us. Perhaps. So yeah, listen out there. Just give us, give us fingers crossed, and we'll let you know if shit works out. Yeah. And then last night, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna fall asleep on the couch. Mm-hmm. All right. So me, me and the missus, we go to bed. Right. I'm yeah. like, all right, I'm gonna get some snuggles. Yeah. This is gonna be good. Yeah. It's gonna be all right. No, I guess I, <laughs> I was having nightmares that I don't remember. Okay. But she made damn sure to let me know this morning because I woke up freezing because we go to bed with like two sets of blankets. Right. And, you know, she she prefers the thicker ones, you know, and, sure. and the sheet keep her warm. I usually just grab some little thing we both burn hot so yeah like when we're going to bed 
It's like cuddling five minutes, and then we both stiff arm each other. Sure. You know, which, which is a sports reference. Yeah. You, you do this. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, no, space. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I love you. Get the fuck out yeah, of my face. I love okay. you. Get the fuck yeah, over there. Get over there. Well, I'm guessing it's due to my job because of what she told me this morning. So I wake up. It's about 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm freezing because my blanket ain't cutting the job. I'm like, okay, sweet. It's 3, you know, 3, 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, now I'm cold. She's hot. Now we can, like, cuddle for a little bit. Yeah, you can steal some of that warmth. It totally be lukewarm, right? Yeah. So I'm scooching over, trying to be all, you know, suave about it. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to, no, I'm going to be all gentle. And I'm gonna go cut. She's not there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all slapping the bed. I'm like, is she not there? <laughs> she wasn't there. That's because when I sleep, I don't know if this is something from my military training about like when you get a chance to sleep, you sleep as deep as possible. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, obviously I was dreaming about something and I was all, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. And I was pushing at her. The whole time. I'm pretty sure my job had nothing to oh, do with yeah, that. Not I do not it's, have any idea what the dream it's was. It's not something that you, you say and do at work probably nightly. <laughs> but, yeah. So. But, other than that, pretty good week. Got my dog back. Nice. And got to kind of spend the night in bed with my lady. Nice. But I'm gonna call that. I'm gonna call that wins. Yeah. Nice. And brunch was a pretty good winner too. Yeah. Right on. Right on. So cool. Yeah. So we're gonna get into the meat, the topic of this week. Gosh, we just we just keep bantering. Well, um, but hey. yeah, let's get into the spooky. Okay. So let's do this. This is my week. I'm bringing it. And this I'm coming the, in blind. You're coming in absolutely blind. Well, not 100, because this is something we've discussed before, but not at this like yeah. uh, uh, level of... He's such a tease. I am a He's tease. such a tease. So, yeah. as I said at the top of this, uh, this is our 10th episode, but the third week of Spooky Toberween. And what we've been trying to do is the, the, the standard, the traditional Halloween sort of thing you know, first, yeah the first week we did uh, vampires last week we did uh ghosts and so this week i wanted to do uh, witches okay and initially i was thinking well maybe i'll start talking i'll do some talking about salem trials and all that sort of thing but this is spooky and we don't talk about that sort of mainstream kind of deal the so spooky podcast not mainstream we're totally we're not mainstream. punk rock we want to talk we want to talk about stuff that people don't we're spooky rock about. So, this isn't exactly (laughs) witches, but I'm going to say it's within the wheelhouse. We're going to talk about a woman by the name of Mary Toft. Okay. And Mary Toft lived uh, in the uh, early 1700s, which was during the reign of King George I. Um, The early 1700s? Okay, yeah. Yeah, like the 1720s. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, I'm just because King George the <coughs> Third was when you know we had a revolution. Right, right. So, okay. But we're talking about right. the first. So King George the First, the one you know famous for imprisoning his wife for 32 years, the English king that refused to learn English. The things, <laughs> <laughs> and this was during this was during a time of like uh, witch scares. We've talked about before, you know, like the whole thing with uh, the Witchfinder General, and you know, this was kind of the the birthing of the the, the witch hunts, the the witch scares. Okay. So Mary Toft was just a regular, common folk kind of person, and um, but the thing about her, she wanted she she that wasn't really good enough for her. She wanted. A bit of notoriety. She had dreams. She had dreams. Goals. In fact, the dreams were instrumental in what happened in her life. Oh. Because as she explained later, um, she, she, she was pregnant. Okay. Uh, mm. This is the early 1720s. Which, which women tend to become yeah that happens um it's it's a it's they're kind of happens, like yeah. you know important in that aspect mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely so as she explained to um some representatives to the king that it spoke to her later uh that the 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 impetus of what ended up happening was that she was pregnant and in the pregnancy she had a craving and she had a big craving for rabbits she wanted to eat a rabbit and so from that craving she went and she tried to chase down some rabbits. Unsuccessfully she wasn't able to to find a rabbit to eat. And she had this craving so much that she ended up having dreams about rabbits. So all of a sudden she starts giving birth. But she doesn't give birth to a baby. What? She gives birth to rabbits. What? And well they say she gave birth to rabbits, but in reality, she was giving birth to rabbit parts. Excuse me, as a verb. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's not the it's not the most pleasant thing to, to to picture. Now, the thing is, though, is that you know they um, this was the thing she would just kind of in in her her what she said was that she just kept miraculously becoming pregnant. Over and over again, and every time she would give birth to pieces of rabbits, and this is something that actually happened in the presence of doctors. She would start, you know, giving birth. Doctors would show up, and they'd see these rabbit parts, heads, legs, bodies, just coming out of her okay. as she was giving birth. No, she never gave birth to a baby during this time; just rabbit parts. So it totally makes sense. You know, you got the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. He's bringing. Eggs. Right. Right? Yeah. So, you know, a woman has eggs for fertilization, mm-hmm. and so maybe the Easter Bunny was running up in there to, you know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> and he was like, hey, you got eggs. I got eggs. Yeah. Let's make a partially formed rabbit baby or <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Oh, but okay. actually, we do know, and we'll get. There. Oh, we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is the 1720s. Science was not 
at its peak. I don't even think we launched the first satellite yet in 1720. Might, I think you might be right. I'll have to Wikipedia that I think later, that was like 1732. Maybe. So. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but they, they did have, you know, certain levels of knowledge. But the thing was is that they just kind of willfully ignored things, you know, evidence of things. So mm. one of the uh, doctors kept coming and, uh, you know, examining things and uh one of the one of the recorded deals was that they um at one point they she had given birth to the body of a rabbit which they then um dissected uh and they took a piece of the lung and then placed it in uh, a bowl of water and they noted that the uh the lung the piece of lung floated now this was this was a knowledge that they had even mm. then that uh, if a piece of a lung, if you put a piece of lung in, a, it's going to float in water because it's been exposed to air. It has air in it. Mm-hmm. If, if you were to take a piece of lung that has never been an unborn lung yeah. and place it in water, it's not going to float. It's like it's slap gonna... on the baby's ass to get them to start crying. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so they did note that it was they would float, and they did know that that indicated that the rabbit had breathed air at some point but they just sort of willfully ignored it and they were like that's a miracle she's giving birth i saw it i saw it happen rabbit parts coming out of that lady so they had the kind of the evidence there but king george he got word of what was going on with this lady so he sent a couple of representatives a, a a doctor to the king and then there was uh another guy um who was Oh, well, they both were surgeons. It was a guy by the name of John Howard and another guy by the name of Nathaniel St. Andre. And the two of them were surgeons of the king's court. Mm-hmm. And he sent them down to do an Best of the best. Best of the best. You're working time. in the king's court. Yeah. So he's like, what's going on with this rabbit lady? Mm-hmm. Get on down there and find out. So they go down there. They are one, they're one of the guys that witnessed the birth. They're the ones that did the, the lung test, all this kind of stuff. But they both... We're like, yep, it's a miracle. She's giving birth to rabbits. We know, it's, it's, it's got, and obviously other people, like, you know, commoners were like, she's a witch! She's a witch! Something's happening! The devil's making her give birth to rabbits! And uh, St. Andre and Howard were kind of like, no, 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 it's a miracle. It's not a curse, it's a miracle. It's God's telling us something. We don't know what. But that's telling us to breed like yeah, rabbits. We're spending time with her. We're doing the examinations. We have no indication that there is anything satanic going on, any of this kind of stuff. This is just this is God's will. And so they actually took Mary Toft on tour. What? They were traveling around England. What they call it? Was it something cool? Uh, I don't. I, I, I haven't found anything that they've called it. Oh man, it'd be so cool if they had like a. Monsters of Rabbit Tour, Mary Toft, here we go, <laughs> headlining, but opening they, up is the is the Bunny Banjo <laughs> Jamboree. Something. something, yeah. So this is 1726 when this went down, and by later in the year, the two guys have come down, they've examined her, and then so by November 29th, they've brought Mary to London, part of the tour. And um, was that Thanksgiving that year? 
in England? I don't know. Maybe. No, just maybe. <laughs> oh, you got me. God damn it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, well, here, let me just read this real quick. On November 29th, Mary was brought to London. By now, her case had become a national sensation, and huge crowds surrounded the house where she was kept. But when she was kept under constant supervision, Mary stopped giving birth to rabbits. And at this point, her case quickly began to unravel. Uh-oh. So, at this point, uh, I'm just going to kind of keep reading this a little bit, because they put it well. Uh, witnesses started coming forward that claimed they had supplied Mary's husband with rabbits. Um, then, when a famous London physician, Sir Richard Manningham, threatened that he might have to surgically examine Mary's uterus in the name of science, that's when she decided to confess. So she explained to them that she had simply inserted the dead rabbits inside her womb when no one was looking. Motivated by a desire for fame and the hope of receiving a pension from the king. Uh, she was briefly imprisoned for fraud, but was released without trial. And it is said that she managed to give birth to a normal human child less than a year later. So she actually came out of it quite well. She spent a little bit of time in the clink and then went so, out and lived out the rest of her life. But the part of the fallout of it was the two surgeons, St. Andre and Howard... That completely ruined their careers. They totally they, got kicked out of the king's court. Yeah, like they just—it just—they were done, uh, you know, professionally, because they were the biggest proponents of. Yeah, she's she's given it's a miracle she's given birth, and so after she confessed, and they were like, "Well, she got over on you guys. You guys obviously suck." So they were pretty much. She's ousted. some peasant farm woman from the countryside, mm -hmm. and you're supposed to be educated people. Yeah, serving the king. And you were duped. Yeah. So they were just done professionally. Uh, ostracized for the rest of their lives. So she came out clean on the other end. And these guys were just screwed. Um, so she was... Uh, would we call it necrophilic bestiality? I, you know, I mean, I guess you might. But I don't think... There wasn't any sort of like sexual motivation to it. Like all she wanted to do is she just wanted to be famous. And she wanted the king to give her money. Yeah, okay. That's really what it boiled down to. All right. Well, <laughs> but what's what's crazy to me is that you know her husband was was part of this. I mean, he was you know a part of this plot. He would go and he would buy rabbits, and then you know obviously she can't just take a full grown rabbit and yeah. insert it. So then they kill the rabbit, cut it up into pieces, and then well, insert you have the to have dinner. I guess it's marinating that thing. I guess for the. Uh. I can't believe I just said that. I'm sorry. That's that was too much. Um, yeah, I just no, found I, this. I meant before. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I took, I took that. I took that in a weird place. Well, um, that's why she only gave birth to parts of rabbits. <laughs> the rest of the rabbit was eaten for dinner. More than likely, yeah. Actually, um, no. And actually, I, I just I found this story fascinating. I, I, the first. Uh, part of the reason why I ended up uh, choosing this story to talk about was um, just kind of mention I, you know, part of the inspiration, one one of the inspirations for making this podcast is another podcast you probably are aware of if you listen to podcasts. It's called Lore, and um, I, I think it was about a year, year and a half ago, maybe uh, the, he had done this. He had talked about this story, and I found it fascinating the first time I heard it. Um, and Lore is now a TV show on Amazon. They have six episodes that just came out just the other day, which they're really great, and you should check them out. Um, and so kind of in 
uh, in reverence to that because they, you know, he was instrumental in us making this podcast. And I just found the story fascinating, so I thought I'd bring it up because um, it's just it's bananas to me, like the lengths that people will go for the smallest things. So you're saying that the early 1700s were no better than, well, let's just be honest, America right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's like, I, I, I'm still pissed that I know who Snooky is. Right. Snooky? Snooky? Sure. I, don't I actually know. don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Uh, no, <laughs> fucking Jersey Shore shit. Oh, okay, okay. You know, Pauly D and... Oh, okay, okay. I've never know. seen it myself, but well, yes, I am aware of that. Well, no. I, I shouldn't know that because I've never tuned in for an episode. Right, right. But, you know, pop culture gets so mm-hmm. much in your face, mm-hmm. it's all, oh, check this out. But, yeah. Well, and I'm, and I'm actually... bunnies. And, what? And, and thinking about it, I was actually kind of surprised... Uh, that in this age of social media interconnectedness through the internet of the world, that we haven't had a case similar to that where someone's like, oh, I'm giving birth to rabbit parts. Um, but I suppose if we were to examine it, we probably could find similar type things that uh, go on. Uh, and, and it made me think of there is there was a, uh, I think it was an art installation that happened earlier this year that someone was making, and it was, uh, the artist was trying to make a statement on, I don't, I don't even, to be honest with you, I don't remember what the statement he was trying to make, but he had created these very, like, lifelike dolls, um, that looked like animal, animal babies, like human animal baby hybrids, and they looked very real. Are you sure that Alex Jones isn't behind this? Yes. Are but I, th- sure? I think I think he got involved. I think he might have discussed it later because what happened was, and so he what he did is he t- he made these little dolls and then he t- and then he packaged them almost like, you know, a card back action figure kind of thing and and made it out as if it's, it's this company who's who's created these creatures that are now selling them almost like toys. They're these pets that you you just buy off the shelf of the store you open them up and that's almost like birthing them and then they'll live for like two years and then they'll die and as a thing you could go and pay you know uh, you can get for your child like for christmas and it was you know he was just doing a social commentary kind of thing i'm not sure exactly what his point was um but when it, what i what happened the reason why i heard about it initially was that some of the pictures that were released of the art installation started going around Facebook without that context of what they were. And people literally thought that there was a company out there that was creating these creatures. Like, like people believed that this was a real thing and it's 2017. And I saw these pictures two or three months ago and people starting to freak out. Like, oh my God, what are they, they're playing God. They're doing, you know, this, how could they do this? How, where are the morals gone? And all it took was literally a two second Google search for me to find out what the actual story was. And then, and then the next thing I know, if it, there were times when I, I would see that people that I know in real life that I, I care about, that I consider friends. And I would, I don't try to be an asshole with my skepticism. And I know they can come off real yeah. easily like that, but I'm like, Hey, you know, I just kind of looked into this and I found out what the real story is. Like, they're, they're not, nobody's creating animal human hybrid creatures to, to see that you can give to your children for Christmas. 
this is here's a link to the actual story. And yet, even though I'm coming at him being like, okay, here's what's you, you don't have to be freaked out, you don't have to be upset. Now I'm the asshole because you, you ruined everybody's manic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody, uh, nobody asked you, Chris. Thanks. Can you just let me have my outrage? No, yes, no, I can't no. let you have your outrage because it's misplaced, misguided, and misinformation. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I just like, please don't spread this kind of like we've got enough crap going on in the world right now. We don't need more. <laughs> like we don't need <laughs> fake stuff to be pissed off about. I'm already mad about real shit. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I just, I, I found the story just fascinating. No, the fake outrage thing is the thing that gets me the most is, you know, I just want to be outraged at something. Right. It's like, you know what, instead of the outrage, how about this? You go to the gym and you go move heavy things. Right. You do some cardio. Mm -hmm. Um, you punch a heavy bag, you know, yeah. or hell. Take it into the kitchen. Be like, I'm going to make the most decadent meatloaf that has ever been made on the face of the planet. And do that. Yeah. The fake outrage on so many things is amazing to me. Mm -hmm. Like when you call somebody out and they're, they're like, just let me have this. No! <laughs> Quit being angry. <laughs> yeah. Do something good with yourself. Mm -hmm. Meditate. Go yeah. take a freaking hike in the mountains, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, if, you, take if, a if that's what you want to do, lake. if you want to be mad about something, you want to be outraged about something, like, try and be productive about it. And honestly, all you have to do is find a reputable news source, open up the webpage, go pick up a newspaper, is open that up, and you will find something to be outraged about. Wait, you don't have to go into the depths of the internet to find some random picture of something fake with no context and just be outraged about that. Find, get, find something that you really should be outraged about and then use your outrage for good. Be productive about it, please. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to call people out. I'm trying to, uh, you know, or at least I don't want to come off that way of calling someone out. I just want, I just want to be like, hey, here's, here's actual information about what's going on. <laughs> So maybe your day can be a little better, and you're not concerned about this stuff. All right, wait. What are you? What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm laughing so hard because that's literally what happens. People go, "Wait, what? What? Are you, I, 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 I read your entire thing that is full of facts and information, but I still don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> anyway, they're making they're making an animal. Human hybrids. They're selling them. They totally team. are. Oh wait, maybe I should put it in like you know, Alex, Alex Jones tone. FEMA death camps. FEMA death camps on the moon where there's human, human animal hybrids. I got the proof. I will speak the truth. <laughs> They're molesting our children on the pizza uh, parlor in the moon. in the pizza parlor basements, so they can sprinkle. Chemicals in the water to make exactly. the Exactly. They have to sprinkle chemicals in the water. How else are they going to make chemtrails, dude? Think about it. Think oh, about shit. it. you got to put chemicals right here, in the water mm. and then load the water into planes so that planes can then fly 
and spray chemtrails. Yeah. No, that makes sense because I've watched a couple of YouTube videos. Supply and demand, um, dude. And, you know, they talked about how scientific – here's science for you guys. You put those chemicals in the water. We've already put fluoride in the shit. <laughs> it reacts with the fluoride, makes the frogs gay. <laughs> uh, like, that's why so many babies die in America from SIDS. Because fluoride in the water. No, it's because we have a shitty fucking healthcare system, people, if you can't afford it. <laughs> just, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's, hey, hey. that's, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if that's a little bit blunt, but, um, yeah, that's kind of the whole thing right there, mm-hmm. is, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But perfect. so I'll, I'll I'll try and find I'll see if I can uh, find that picture again. There was a couple of pictures that you know. To be honest with you, looking at them without any sort of context, you're going to go what what? Um, but once you find out, but I'll try and find them and I'll post them up with the with this episode. And if this <laughs> the uh, if the story we talked about today interests you at all, there's lots of information on the internet about it. You just do a search for Mary Toft. If you can't remember that name, you how can do you even, spell Toft? T O F T. Okay, and you know, even if even if you can't remember the name, just literally Google "woman gave birth to rabbits," and you will find the story of Mary Toft. Um, it's fascinating, so I encourage you to do so if this sort of thing interests you. And um, I want to give a shout out to um, a fellow podcaster. Cool, and um, it's Android Vision. Android Vision, and what they do is they screen old horror shows and they do it live and you know they it's totally interactive like you can put your comments on there and stuff but so if you're into uh the spooky nice and want a nice little you know like a, a a refreshing beverage on a hot summer's day yeah uh Go watch them out, uh, go watch them, and interact, and, but, yeah, it's kind of like Mystery Theater 3000. Mystery Theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or it, Rift Tracks is what they're called now. Uh, is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, know. the original guy from Mystery Science Theater, he sort of do, started doing it on his own, and they call them Rift Tracks. Um, yeah, awesome, yeah, Android yeah. Vision? Android Vision, Check yes. it out, you guys. And as far as Spooky goes, as usual, you can find us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash the spooky podcast and go over there and say hi and hit subscribe because it makes us feel better we like that sort of validation in our lives and uh, we need it we totally need it just just love us get up get get into your podcast app of choice and find us and hit subscribe we're on all of them and chris uh, made sure of that he knows all that thing. Yeah, well, I just don't have a lot. He to just do. totally stepped over my lines because I was supposed to say the Facebook part because that's the only one I know. Did I? Well, that's the only, really the only one that we have. <laughs> we got, like you know, I said I think I said maybe three episodes ago that we're probably going to start doing more social media ish, and we haven't done that yet. Yeah, not yet. But yeah, that'll yeah, happen eventually. Well, yeah. But I'll, as it is right now, the Facebook page is the best way to find us. Um, or, like I said, any podcast app that you might have, more than likely, you just put in Spooky. You will find us and hit subscribe. That would help us out a whole ton. And, uh, yeah, so 
We hope your guys' week is great. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Indeed. Like I said on um, on the uh, message, you know, get some logs, hang out, burn, you know, burn some logs, drink some mulled wine, and just lay back and go, who the fuck are these two fucking num- numbnuts? Yeah, so settle in. You've got a back catalog of nine other episodes you, like, you can listen to. Yeah. And you can totally bone up yeah. on it. Yeah. We'll you be, can totally binge watch us like you did the Defenders. You yeah. know you did. Binge, binge listen? <laughs> binge listen? Oh, actually, let me just say this real quick. Uh, holy shit, we should probably end this, but I'm just going to say this real quick because I know it will interest you. So, apparently, you're talking about the Defenders. Uh, we were talking the other week about the Punisher series that's coming up. And how they had sort of put this... Yeah, uh, they put the, the the logo over, like, the month and the date, but let us know that it was 2017. Yeah. And actually, I found out why it's... The, uh, the It's not 100% confirmed, but it's sort of one of those open, you know, open secrets mm-hmm. now, is that... Uh, so, New York Comic Con happened recently. Okay. And, and it happened just after the Las Vegas shooting. I know they pulled the panel for the Punisher on that, right? But uh, uh, apparently, the idea—what happened was—is that their initial idea was they were going to have the panel at the con, and then at, by the end of the panel, the entire Punisher series was going to be released on Netflix. Ah! Oh. But after the Vegas shooting, and that's when they decided, no, it's probably a good idea we pull this panel and not put the Punisher up right now so that's actually why we don't have punisher in our lives right now everybody needs punisher in their lives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yes yeah. so we'll leave you with that and we'll see you next week <laughs> which will be post halloween but it'll be the final episode of spooky toberween and i'm not even getting to give you a teaser Alright, I don't know I don't know what it's gonna be. He's, I'm going you don't in, know. Might, I don't know. I'm gonna fall down a rabbit hole and I'll be well, I don't know if I should be talking about rabbit holes right now because <laughs> we just had a whole episode about rabbit holes. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's gonna what it's gonna be. We might be talking about goblins. We might be talking about Jack O' lanterns. <laughs> we might be talking about zombies. <laughs> so I don't know. So you'll find out when I do. And we will see you next week on Spooky. The Spooky Podcast. My name is Chris L. Dillon. I don't know if I said that at the top. We didn't. All right. <laughs> and I'm and I'm Shane K. Witty. <laughs> we'll see you later. Well, guys. we were like actually doing serious stuff at the uh, beginning yeah, of right. the show, we so you know who, who cares about our names? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. We hope to, hope you join us. I'll spook you. Bye. Bye.